Welcome to Hall of Stubs, the podcast that covers MLB greats not in the Hall of Fame. Here's your host, Zachary Nikolai. Joining Hall of Snubs today is the co-director of the Internet Baseball Writers Association of America, Daniel Epstein. Daniel, thanks for joining us today, man. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about our player. We certainly are, Zach. Thanks for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Of course. And so I mentioned you are the co-director of the IBWAA. Can you tell me a little bit more about your organization and what you do? Absolutely. So the IBWAA is an organization that represents not only baseball writers, but anyone who creates baseball content, including podcasts or YouTubers or Twitch streamers or, you know, uh, plenty of other things that I probably don't even know about. But really, the, the best thing about the IBWAA is that we are open and inclusive of everyone. So no matter who you are, if you feel like you belong in the IBWAA and you want to join, then we're happy to have you. And I think that's something that sets us apart. And uh, we do a lot of different things to kind of promote and uplift our members and baseball content, um, you know, writ large, uh, such as, you know, we have a, a podcast to promote them. We, you know, promote them on social media. We have a newsletter where they can contribute. and We pay our, our people that contribute. We have regular Zoom meetings to keep our members in communication with each other and, share ideas, um, you know, and uh, we vote on awards as well, just for fun. So, uh, you know, that's uh, just, I, I suppose, the nutshell version of what we're about. And this is a fairly large organization. I mean, there's a bunch of guys who just sleep, dream, and breathe baseball. And you mentioned you guys vote on awards. That includes Hall of Fame also. It doesn't uh, affect what the BBWAA does, which is the organization that votes for the Hall of Fame, but you guys do vote on your own Hall of Fame. Yes, we do. We vote on our own Hall of Fame. We vote on our own postseason awards. And actually, just recently, we completed our first ever vote for preseason predictions because voting is fun. So we like to do voting. But yes, we do. Uh, we do our own. We have our own there. And, um, you know, we publish our results. Uh, you know, uh, the, the winners of our elections don't necessarily get a plaque in Cooperstown, but we feel it's important to give our members a say. And it's funny because I've looked at your guys' awards and you guys are pretty matched up with Cooperstown. Like there, you may be a couple percentages off or you may put a couple guys in that they haven't, but pretty, most of the time you guys are pretty much spot on. And so I'm, I'm interested to see if you and I can make a, a pretty easy decision when it comes to who we're going to talk about today. Just looking at numbers, we're going to talk about, to me, he's Mr. Red Sox, Rocket. We're talking about Roger Clemens. And I mean, you look at what he's done, Daniel, and I know you've written some pieces on him. Tell me why a guy who has won 354 games, he's lost 184. He has a lifetime ERA of 3.12. He has over 20 wins in a season six times. He's the only pitcher to have 20 plus strikeouts twice, seven times Cy Young, 11 time All-Star. He's an MVP, lifetime war of 139. I mean, He's ridiculous. Can you tell me just how great Roger Clemens was? Well, going purely on the numbers, because there's a lot more to this story here that needs to be told, but based purely on the numbers, he is one of the absolute greatest, if not the greatest pitcher in modern history. You know, like there's, there's just no underselling it. I mean, 4,600 strikeouts, 
you know, like he it, it, just ridiculous numbers, third all time in strikeouts. You know, if you look at wins above replacement, he's third all time, you know, for pitchers, which is just insane to think about because most of the other people on that, that leaderboard for wins above replacement pitched a long, long time ago when it was like three man rotations and everybody completed every start, you know, Clemens pitched in a more modern setting, but just lasted forever. He pitched for 24 years, had very, very few injuries and was effective all the way through his career. I mean, he won his first Cy Young as well as an MVP in 1986. He won his last Cy Young in 2004. That's ridiculous. He won a Cy Young in his, at 23 and another one at 41, not to mention five in between there. So he, um, I don't think there's anyone else in baseball that has more than four Cy Young awards in history. Any great pitcher you can name, no one else has more than four. And he has seven. There's black ink all over his baseball reference page. You know, he's just unquestionably one of the greatest pitchers of all time that, uh, that, that anyone alive has ever seen. If you've never watched Roger Clemens, go look him up. First time I ever saw him, I thought to myself, he's playing the wrong sport. This guy is 6'4", 200 pounds. He looks like a linebacker. But, I mean, he went out there and he was just dominant. And so you mentioned, you look at numbers, flat out phenomenal. But you said there's more to this story. Why is Roger Clemens not in the Hall of Fame? So the most popular reason that people are aware of um, is his connection with steroids. He was named uh, all over the, uh, the Mitchell report where, um, you know, which was a report that was done that kind of like outed a number of players who used performance enhancing drugs against the rules. It's just no secret that he was using steroids. He absolutely was. Now he has denied it. And he has said that the steroids were really being shipped to his wife and not actually to him. I, you know, you can make your own conclusions about that. Uh, there was a congressional investigation into Roger Clemens about his uh, steroid use. And, uh, you know, because a lot of what he did was illegal drugs and, um, you know, shipped across state lines and things like that. There's a congressional investigation into it. He arrived in DC a week before the investigation, threw money around all over the Capitol went golfing and drinking with a whole bunch of uh, elected officials. And then the, the investigation came and it said, well, we just really don't have any questions. Roger, do you have anything to say? No, okay, well, this investigation is over. So it was a joke of an investigation. There is no question he was absolutely a steroid user. How much that inflated his stats and when he started using steroids, that's hard to say. Was he a Hall of Famer before he was on steroids? That's hard to say. I will say that uh, Boston, he, now he left the Red Sox after 1996. He was 33 years old. The Red Sox thought he was pretty much done. And in 1997 with Toronto, he won the pitcher's triple, triple crown, leading the league with a 205 ERA, 21 wins, 292 strikeouts. It was probably the best season of his career a year, less than a year after his former team thought he was kind of finished. And the numbers bear that out to a certain extent, maybe not all the way. But I mean, if, if you want to make it a guess, 
you would have to say maybe 1997 is around when he probably started using it. And he won four Cy Young Awards after that, two with Toronto, one with the Yankees, one with Houston. Was he a Hall of Famer just looking at his Boston career? I would say yes. I mean, just looking at the numbers there. I mean, he led the league in ERA four times with them, in FIP uh, six times, in strikeouts three times. I mean, you know, in shutouts five times. The, the numbers just for Boston, if he had just retired after 1996, he had three Cy Youngs and an MVP there. That alone is a Hall of Famer. Um, but the issue for me goes deeper than steroids. I, I don't have an issue keeping some of the steroid guys out of the Hall of Fame. I believe that if steroids were the only issue, then it's disingenuous for MLB to keep some of these guys out because they are benefiting from it just as much as everybody else. Benefiting, it saved the game. Exactly, exactly. I mean, 1998, you know, you talk about Bonds and, uh, not Bonds, um, McGuire and Sosa bringing the game back after the strike from a few years ago and, you know, kickstarting the popularity and kickstarting um, a money windfall that MLB has, it has, is still riding 23 years later. You know, it's disingenuous to say that MLB can, can just, you know, ignore steroids when they have made billions and upon billions of dollars on it. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to unfold. And the steroid aspect of Clemens, uh, just for our listeners who don't really know his career, Clemens, as you said, started out with the Red Sox, 84, and then he went on to the Blue Jays, and then he went over to the Yankees, which was absurd at the time. It was ridiculous for a guy who spent 12 years in Boston all of a sudden to go over to the Yankees. That was absurd. Went over to the Astros, then he came back to the Yankees and retired. And so you mentioned the steroids. He was accused by Jose Canseco in his book, Juiced. And that released a couple guys, A-Rod and some others. And Clemens, as we know, denied it. And then Mitchell Report came up and he was named in there 82 times. Denied it. And then the Balco report says that he undisputably used it. So PED use has come up in his career, but he keeps denying it. As you mentioned, he did go to court. He was acquitted back in 2012 of lying to Congress about not using steroids. So legally speaking, he did not use steroids if we want to listen to the court. Now, let's assume he did. I took out the five years that I assume that he did use it. And if you look at that, so instead of a 24 career, we now give him a 19 year career. This man without steroid use allegedly has 251 wins, 148 losses, which is still almost a 63% win percentage. He has a 93.1 war, and then he has 3,374 strikeouts. So I've heard different arguments. It's if you use steroids, you don't belong in their period. I've heard steroids, you know, they don't bother me as much. And then the last one, which we're talking right now is I've heard if you get rid of the years that they use steroids, does that still make a difference? And so if you look at what he has done, including getting rid of the four Cy Young, as you mentioned, I believe that it's still a Hall of Fame career. Now, you mentioned the steroids do not bother you. What does, though? Well, the issue for me with Clemens that I believe um, should get more attention than the steroids, especially as it uh, relates to whether or not he belongs in the Hall of Fame, is his relationships with women and his treatment of women. So he had a, uh, a decade-long relationship with a country music singer named Mindy McCready, um, which began when she was 15 years old. He was 28 when he began this relationship. 
and she was 15. That's just um, not only illegal, but beyond the pale of what anyone could really look the other way in terms of morality. And uh, McCready ended up committing suicide. The way that he, uh, I, I mean, you know, like, yeah, he apologized to his wife about his mistress, but that this is something that goes a little bit deeper. And you look at the way that uh, MLB has, we'll say a, a checkered history of looking the other way in terms of mistreatment of women. And I think that's a generous way to put it. And, you know, he started a relationship with a teenager, continued to perpetuate this relationship for 10 years, and then she ended up committing suicide as a result of that. It's not just that. It's also, you know, the, um, you know, the, the, the lying, the bribery of our, our justice system and our elected officials. Of course, they're complicit in that as well. The fact that he tried to hide behind his wife um, saying that, uh, oh, she's the one who ordered the steroids, not me. You know, I just feel like we have a moral obligation to something a little bit larger than the Hall of Fame. I mean, yes, the Hall of Fame is important. Yes, baseball is important. But the way in which baseball players treat and abuse women is more important and it, it ruined and ultimately cost this young woman her life. I, I just think that that's something that is, is, is not something that can be overlooked. So if you look at the statistics, absolutely he's a Hall of Famer. In any way you slice it, even if you take out steroid years, absolutely a Hall of Famer. I agree with you on that. But I am of the belief that we just shouldn't be giving a pulpit to someone who is responsible for the, the abuse and death of a, of a young woman like this. Um, if, you know, after Clemens uh, has, uh, has passed away at some point, they want to put him in the Hall of Fame, I think that would be the right thing to do. But I don't think that um, we should be honoring or, or venerating a, a person who has, has committed such atrocities. In the three major sports, baseball, football, basketball, you've been seeing that growth of awareness and more strictness. So I think you're 100% right going down that path and that baseball does need to step it up. Football, basketball, all of them do need to step it up. As we come to the end of our episode, I like to pretend that me and my guest are both voters for the Baseball Writers Association of America. So you have an unfair advantage over me. You have voted for uh, your own Hall of Fame awards. So right now, I'd like for you, looking at the six criteria, the player's record, player ability, contribution to team, sportsmanship, integrity, and character. Combining all six of those, you have the piece of paper and pen in front of you. Is Roger Clemens a Hall of Famer? And then after that, I want you to be realistic. He has one year left on the ballot is the last year when he gets in? If I'm a voter, the answer is no. I can't vote for him. If you had asked me this a few years ago, I probably would have said yes. Because like I said, if it was just about steroids, then I'd be voting him in. And there are players for whom it is just about steroids that I, uh, that, that I do vote for and that I would vote for. But with Clemens, it's about something far larger than that. And you talk about integrity, you talk about character. These are the 
the circumstances for which we should be flexing those clauses. And uh, no, I can't give it to him. But do I think that he will get in? Well, his, his last year on the ballot, and that is going to be the big question. I actually am inclined to say, yes, he will. Uh, I think he will. I think that there are going to be uh, people who will say, look, this is my last chance to get him in. The numbers are just too good. And to be fair, they absolutely are. And I, I think he's going to get that push to go over the top and, and hit 75% because there's a lot of writers who are going to say, if you look at the numbers, the Hall of Fame is just incomplete without this guy. And again, based on numbers, they would be right. Um, there's no debating that. I, I think that we just have to be treating the Hall of Fame as something a little bit more than numbers, not in the traditional sense that a lot of people use that for, but certainly in this sense. You know, Daniel, I was a high school football coach. I have coached youth football, baseball, basketball, and character is something that you really want to instill in athletes. And for Roger Clemens, I mean, he's a top three pitcher of all time. It is a shame for the Hall of Fame that they're not going to be able to put him in because of those purposes. Because as you said, numbers-wise, he deserves to be in. But that treatment of women, I mean, that's a no-go for me, as you just mentioned. So baseball player Roger Clemens, ignore the steroids. That doesn't even bother me. He is a no-brainer Hall of Famer. But because of that treatment of women, that's where I have to draw the line, and I have to agree with you. I'd say no. I am shocked, though, that you think that he's going to be voted in by the actual Hall of Fame. I don't believe so. I think he's going to be short, maybe about 68, 70%, but I think it's going to be a close one. And on that note, I want to say thank you, Daniel, for joining the Hall of Snubs. I think that that insight you just brought, really powerful, really bringing to light what he has done. I think that was a great insight. Thanks again for joining. Thank you very much again, Zach. I appreciate you having me. I think you've, uh, I, I think this is really cool and it's always fun to have these conversations. Appreciate it, Dan. Thanks again. Join Hollis Snubs next week as we go from Clemens to Mr. Clean. Which baseball player did people think would be a politician? I'm Zachary Nikolai. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Hall of Snubs. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Hall of Snubs. You can follow the host on Instagram at Zachary underscore Nikolai. Thank you to Mike Lapones for his oversight of this production. Hall of Snubs is a University of Laverne senior project.